Hello everyone, I'm the proud Jesus Freak Austin Riley, and today I'm going to be talking to you about the agape love of God. So, there are four different kinds of love in the Greek language used in the writing of the New Testament. There is eros love, meaning intimate or sexual love between two people. There's phileo love, meaning brotherly love, as in the city of Philadelphia. And there is storge love, meaning love between relatives, like between a mother and her child. So the problem with all of these types of love is that they are conditional. They are not perfect. If you do something to make someone mad, they may still love you, but their feelings towards you are tainted for a short or sometimes long time. They can feel anger towards you, and usually their affection is based off of what you can do for them, whether they realize it or not. So now I'm going to read for you 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always pers perseveres. Love never fails. So what I just read from the Bible describes the fourth possible meaning for love in Greek. Those verses describe agape love. Agape is the perfect, never-ending, never-failing love that the God of creation has for us, his masterpiece. All of those love is statements I just read describe God perfectly. Do they not? So, um, you know, I'm not making things up when I say that we are God's masterpiece, because Ephesians 2.10 clearly says, For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus, so we can do the things he planned for us long ago. Why wouldn't we be his masterpiece? After all, we were created in his image. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Genesis 1.27. God even takes his time crafting us in his image. Forty weeks, in fact. Psalm 139.13 says, For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. We are God's most prized creation, made in his image, handcrafted by him. Luke 12.6-7 says, Are not five sparrows sold for two pennies? Yet not one of them is forgotten by God. Indeed, the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. God loves us, and I hope that could not be any more obvious. Just in case it is not obvious, though, Ephesians 2.5 states, But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. Tell me why, then, humanity felt the need to betray that unfailing love. You know, feel free to submit your ideas on that using the Anchor mobile app. I'd love to hear them. But to me, the best explanation is that Adam and Eve wanted to be God. And even if they had not sinned in that way, someone along the line would have done it and cursed humanity anyways. So Genesis 3, 5-7 says, For God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened. Now, this is This is the serpent speaking to Eve. And you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate it. The, then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. They immediately knew they had done something wrong. You know, they had tried to be like God, and in the end, they became nothing but wicked. Well, on humanity, what were we to do? The answer is simple. There's nothing we could have done to make ourselves right with God. There was only one way to be reconciled to God, and his name is Jesus. Indeed, 
Under the law, almost everything is purified with blood, and without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. Hebrews 9.22 The realization of and surrender towards the sacrifice of Christ is the only way to God. You know, John 14.6 says, For I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And Jesus Christ loved us so much that he died for us even when we hated him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds we are healed. That's Isaiah 53, 3-5. through Now how can anyone question the love that God has for us? He sent his son to die so that we might have life. How many of you would willingly sacrifice your child or anyone you love, for, for that matter, for any reason whatsoever? You know, John 3.16, everyone knows this one. This is the one verse that everybody can quote. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. You know, God's love for us is beautiful. It's, it's unending. It knows no bounds. And to sum, sum this up, I just have a few more scripture references for you, and then I'm finished, I promise. Uh, 2 Peter 3, three nine. Um, the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as someone understands slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. James one seventeen. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. Luke 15.10. In the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Everyone, the Bible is chock full of examples of God's love for his masterpiece, his workmanship, his most prized creation. You. Each one of you is a treasure in God's eyes. He loves you, adores you, and wants to embrace you. But you have to be willing to let him. So I'm going to challenge you today. If you haven't embraced God in a while, if you haven't reached out to him and said, God, I need you. Please be with me. Make today that day. You, Your life will change for the better. I promise you that. God bless all of you. Have a good day. I hope you tune in for my next segment. Um, I'm the Proud Jesus Freak signing off. <laughs>